Hello. Uh, hello. This is the third demonstration of the Tall Tales emergency broadcast system. And we're here because we think it's possible that you want something slightly different. And for you, if that is the case today, huge news because there is something different from me droning on uh, because uh, today Anna Savory has uh, contributed something. She is one of Tall Tales's very proudest discoveries, and we and we discovered Anna in more or less uh, the the same way and to the same extent that Columbus discovered America. But saying he discovered America really worked for Columbus, and so we're going with that. And this is Anna. It was my birthday a month ago. I wouldn't say I've reached the age where I've become difficult to buy for, so it was odd to receive a book entitled. Licking Hitler, a play for TV, and then a second entitled Shakespeare, a queer guide to the works of Shakespeare. It was odder to find, tucked inside of the latter, a voucher for a goat husbandry course on which my mother had written the words, We all think it's time you learnt some practical skills. In her defence, I genuinely don't have many practical skills, and I have occasionally expressed a fondness for goats. There is I now realise a horrible gulf between a fondness for goats, based mainly around their sideways eyes, and being possessed of a great desire to breed and rear them. This gulf was really brought home to me during the seven hours that I spent standing in a muddied field of my local goat sanctuary with eleven other students, four hundred goats, and the owner, who genuinely introduced himself to me as Goaty Bob. Goaty Bob didn't look like a goat, which came as a crushing disappointment. In terms of animals that humans can look like, goats are a really easy one, and I thought he might at least have made the effort. He did, however, look like a man who had seen some incredibly sobering things. Close contact with goats had, for some reason, given him the worn and haunted demeanour of a Vietnam veteran. Every so often he would say or do something that gestured ominously to terrible goat-based events in his past, such as trailing off partway through a sentence, staring into the middle distance, and whispering, Oh, sorry. Memories. In retrospect, this should have been a huge clue as to the horrible realities of goat care. When we arrived... We formed a semicircle in the goat pasture, and as part of an introductory exercise, we all stated how many goats we owned, as if we were traders in some antique society, each assessing the other's wealth and bartering power. I'm John. I have two goats. My goats number three score and twain. I have countless goats in the valley, and two daughters of marriageable age. When I told them I was goatless, they all looked at me in confusion and pity, and Goaty Bob was forced to move proceedings on quickly, proclaiming, OK, everyone, what's the first rule of goat husbandry? Don't talk about goat husbandry, I proffered. No, he said, staring at me as if I had made light of his life's work. No, the first rule of goat husbandry is if you let the goats get slightly too hot or slightly too cold, they will all die. You have to keep your goats at a perfect ambient temperature. This was the main lesson we were to be taught. Not this one fact, but what it stood for more broadly, which is that in spite of their reputation as hardy survivors, in spite of being reared 
throughout the world in a variety of less than hospitable climes for thousands of years, halfway, halfway up the bloody side of mountains, goats are a stone's throw away from complete oblivion at all times. I don't know how the committee of people in charge of animal PR have managed to hide this fact from us all for so long, but they have. There wasn't a job we did that day that didn't carry with it the constant and dreadful threat of potentially killing all the goats. We were taught how much space to give them, and then how to extract from that space all the myriad things that can and will poison them. Tree bark, wildflowers, certain breeds of grass. For an animal famous for eating everything, they can eat almost nothing. On the flip side of this coin, if goats don't eat for three days due to poisoning or possibly just whimsy or caprice, the bacteria responsible for their digestion denatures, and they die. We were taught how to trim their hooves, which they hate. They squirm and butt at you, desperately trying to escape, but if you don't do it every day, their hooves become soft and sodden, and eventually they just rot clean away. And once your goat's feet have rotted off, they die. To delouse a goat, you spread a blue unguent along the length of its spine, and if you think they don't sometimes die when you're doing this, you're wrong. If you put on slightly too much... It's absorbed into their bloodstream and then on into their brain and, well, very few things can survive a poisoned brain. In light of all this knowledge, Goaty Bob's shell-shocked demeanour suddenly made horrible logical sense. Here he was, with over 400 goats to care for, and any one of them could potentially sicken and fade at a moment's notice, like a delicate Victorian heroine, but with horns. Or as another student termed them, goat antlers. By the time we were allotted a goat each to care for, I was afraid to touch it, although I did name mine Wiggles and let it trail about the yard after me. At length I went to give its goat antlers a pat, and Goaty Bob yelled across the yard, Don't touch the base of the horns! They can snap off and leave an open hole in their heads! I withdrew my hand quickly. How have you survived as a species? I hissed at Wiggles. He looked up at me with brilliant little sideways eyes, blissfully ignorant of the abyss upon which he was perpetually balanced. He chewed happily at my hair, and I extracted it from his mouth, fearing that it would poison him. I looked from his happy little goat face to the haggard form of goaty Bob, whose own eyes, not sideways, were darting from goat to goat, constantly checking that they were all extant. This is what you got. Happy, carefree goats, unaware of how death stalked them at every turn, and terribly, terribly careworn people who were far too aware of it. If I'd ever been seriously entertaining the notion of keeping these time bombs, I wasn't any longer. In terms of practical skills, though, I am now, if anything, over-endowed. I can kill a goat, I can tell you what might be killing your goat, and I can predict the ways in which your healthy goat will shortly die. And if that's not a highly applicable practical skill set, then for what it's worth, I can also discourse at length on the homoerotic themes at the heart of the Shakespearean canon. That was Anna, who can kill a goat. Now, uh, this uh, next bit is a song from the Mighty Finn Vaults, from the legendary show, uh, the completely incomprehensible but legendary 
show Frankenstein and the Sharks of Doom. Everyone on the mysterious Ile de No Return has been exiled there. You can't escape. The island is uh, is girt around by a fierce and fearful mighty race of sharks uh, and uh, presided over by a king. Uh, the king, was he always a king? Uh, no, he was not. He was made a king because he was the most ineffectual man on the island. And far from being a king before he was exiled, he was exiled for, uh, well, well, this song is about what he was exiled for. of on his own there was played by a guy called Gareth Mullen and Frankenstein and the Sharks of Doom contains uh, Frankenstein and uh, Cinderella and Buttons and a whole variety, some pirates, it's got Prime Minister, it's got 
everything you could possibly want, a sort of mysterious tribal leader called the shark executioner. And it also uh, contains uh, a song where King Harker and uh, Cinderella, they sort of team up over, over a sort of, they're attempting to be positive. They're attempting to uh, demonstrate that they are not so ineffectual. Really, it is Cinderella, uh, played by Alex Bonham, who is trying to buck up uh, King Harker. This is that song. It's very catchy. I warn you. Uh, don't let children listen to this. that might shock anyone who ever saw that show, which contained loads of great jokes and amazing songs, I actually know how to make it a coherent uh, coherent thing now. And, and one day I will do it. You know, maybe now. Uh, I've been listening to the songs. They're really super. Sue Pierce wrote the song. Susanna Pierce. Uh, she is the Mighty Finn's uh, main, almost exclusive songwriter. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed today's demonstration. And we will be back, I think, on Monday. Be well. Uh, look after each other. Tall tales out.